0: Welcome again to Abounding Love Podcast. My name is Dave Nelson. We're continuing on in our study through the book of Acts, and we're opening up today to Acts chapter 12. So grab your Bibles and go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 12, and we'll continue on in our study. And uh, actually, you know, I think what we'll do is before we get started in chapter 12 here, Let's go back a few verses in Acts chapter 11. Um, Let's start reading about in verse 27. So Acts chapter 11, verse 27. It says, And in these days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So, talked about this a little bit on our last podcast, but here we see the body of Christ in action. Difficult times were ahead, and the believers became proactive. They sent relief to the church in Jerusalem by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. The early church had all things in common, and they always looked out for each other. They were living in a time of great persecution, but they were under the power of the Holy Spirit. Even today, it seems that when troubled times come, you know the presence of the Lord more than when times are easy. Why do you think that is? Do you think that the Holy Spirit is only present when we are going through difficulty? Well, we know that John 14, 16, uh, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit abides with us forever. So it's not as if he leaves us when times are good. The problem is, is that we get distracted when times are good. We don't feel we need anything from the Lord when times are good, but that's not the way it's supposed to be. We are to be people that walk in the Spirit always. As followers of Jesus Christ, we can't be focused on the things of this world. Now, of course, we live in this world and we have physical needs, but the Lord promised in Matthew 6.33 that if we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, that He would give us the things that we need. But our flesh is a control freak. And it wants us to trust in what we can do and not walk by faith in what God can do. You know, Galatians 5.17 says, For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not know, or excuse me, so that you do not do the things that you wish. You see, all of us as believers in Jesus want the power of the Holy Spirit, But the power of the Holy Spirit uh, is present only when we are not walking, being led by the flesh. So if we're fleshly minded, if we're earthly minded, we're not minding the things of the Spirit. So why, why do you think the Holy Spirit was moving so powerfully in the early church? It was because they didn't hold on to the things of this world. They let it all go. You know, concerning the early church, Acts 4.32 says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. I really believe that if we want to see the power of the Holy Spirit move in our lives today, we need to drop the distractions of this world And seek the Lord with our whole hearts. And like I said, the Lord knows we have need of things. We have to pay our bills. We have to have shelter and food and clothing. But He wants us first seeking Him, putting Him above all else. The early church went through good times and the early church went through bad times. And we're seeing that here as we go through the book of Acts. The good times were seen by thousands coming to the knowledge of Jesus as Savior and Lord. This included 3,000 people in one day. Saul of Tarsus, a vicious, mean man, was converted. Gentiles were coming to the Lord. The Holy Spirit falling upon many, but the bad times were there as well. You remember we studied how Stephen was stoned to death. The church was scattered because of persecution. And now, as we pick it up in verse 1 of chapter 12, it says, Now, about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. You know, this Herod being talked about here was Herod Agrippa. He was the grandson of Herod the Great that ruled during the time of Jesus' birth, and he was the nephew of Herod Antipas who was around during the trial of Jesus. But this Herod, Herod Agrippa, was now persecuting Christians for political popularity. It was pleasing to the Jews To see these Christians being persecuted. And James was the first of the original 12 disciples to be martyred. And now Herod is feeling his Cheerios, if you will, and he wants to go after Peter. And you know, Jesus promised the disciples that these times of persecution would come. He never promised that there would be uh, guaranteed protection. Let's turn and look at that. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew is the first book in your New Testament. So you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But let's go ahead and turn to to Matthew chapter 10. And we're going to begin reading at verse 16. It says, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of of wolves therefore be wise as serpents and harmless as doves but beware of men for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues you will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the gentiles but when they deliver you up do not worry about what or excuse me do not worry about how or what you should speak For it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who who speak, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and a father his child. And children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for a disciple that he be like his teacher, and a servant like his master if they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they call those of his household? Therefore, do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be known. So, you see, the disciples of Jesus did not have special protection. The world hated Jesus, When he was here, and it will hate anyone that stands firm in their faith in him today. They will persecute you, brother against brother. Unfortunately, we see that kind of thing even within the body of Christ. But there is nothing covered that will not be revealed and hidden that will not be made known. The Lord knows. The Lord sees what we do as we serve Him. But there will be times of persecution. There will be good times. There will be bad times. Now flipping back to Acts chapter 12. Now it was, it says in verse 4. I'll give you just a second to to turn there. Acts chapter 12, verse 4. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. So here again, probably another political move by Herod. He wanted to show the Jews how righteous he was and wait till after Passover to behead Peter. Verse 5 says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. I love this verse. It's bad times. And what does the church do in response to these bad times? They hit the floor in constant prayer. Jesus promised we will have tribulation in this world, but he has also given us a wonderful gift of prayer. Prayer is powerful, And it causes us to know the power of the Holy Spirit in good times and in bad. And when Herod was about to bring them out that night, Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Wow. So this is what you call complete lockdown. Peter wasn't going anywhere. This was the night before his execution. But what was Peter doing? He was sleeping. Oh, the peace that the Lord brings. Do you ever feel that you're locked down? Do you ever feel like the circumstances of your life are weighing on you so heavily that there is no way to escape? Well, God always makes a way of escape. And we need to let our brothers and sisters in Christ know our circumstances so that they can go into prayer for us. And then we will see the power of God at work in our lives. Look at what happened with Peter. Now behold, in verse 7, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, And his chains fell off his hands. Now, here's the answer to all that prayer the guards, the prison doors, the chains mean nothing when God answers prayer. So the angel hits Peter and says, Get up, let's go. And the chains fall off of Peter. Then the angel said to him in verse 8, Gird yourself and tie your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. You know, that's pretty cool. Because when you get a vision from the Lord, it's like reality to you. Peter couldn't tell the difference. Verse 10. When they were past the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. So here we see they get past all the guard post, and they come to the iron gate. And I have a question for you as we look at that verse. What is that iron gate in your life? Is there something that is keeping you from the freedom that the Lord intends for you? Maybe some chains came off when you came to the Lord. And maybe you have grown and matured past the guard post of your life that were making sure you went no further. But are you now avoiding the gate? Philippians 1.6 says that he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. We don't need to worry about the iron gates in front of us. God will open that gate when we come to it. We've all been there, though. Maybe that iron gate for you right now is a mortgage payment. Maybe it's something more serious. Maybe it's a medical issue. Maybe it's the death of a loved one. Things happen, and and they cause us to become anxious But God wants us to rest in him, just like Peter was sleeping the night before his execution. And he wants us to pray like the body of Christ was doing for Peter. And he wants us to follow him as he leads us to the destination that he has for us. And Peter is now a free man. He's out in the street. The angel has departed and verse 11 says, And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from the expectation of the Jewish people. So now Peter knows for sure that it wasn't a vision. He is standing in the middle of the street, having been delivered from the chains that had him bound. It wasn't Peter's time to go. But what about James, though? Why was he not delivered from death? Why was he beheaded? That's God's decision. It was James's time to go. Sometimes we'll pray for people that are facing situations, maybe even facing death, and we'll pray for them, and healing comes, and we'll praise God for that healing. But other times we'll pray, The same way in physical healing does not come. But our biggest reward as believers in Jesus is that there will be an ultimate healing that will someday come. And that will be when we are finally free and all chains that have bound us in this life have fallen off. And we will be with our Lord throughout all eternity. But God is self. And he knows what he's doing. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. Our ways are not his ways. His ways are much higher than our ways. We continue on here in verse 12. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. When she recognized Peter's voice, because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced that Peter stood before the gate. But they said to her, You are beside yourself. Yet she kept insisting that it was so. So they said, It is his angel. Now Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go tell these things to James and to the brethren. And he departed and went to another place. Now this here is obviously not James the brother of John because he's already in heaven. This is James the half-brother of Jesus. But the believers are all gathered at Mark's mom's house and they were praying when Peter showed up. And Rhoda, whose name means Rose, is just blossoming blossoming with excitement. And she forgets to let Peter in and she runs in to tell everyone that he's at the door. But what's interesting here is that they were diligent in prayer, but their faith wasn't all that strong, was it? Because when their prayer was answered, they didn't believe it. So God answering prayer is not dependent on how much faith we have, is it? We are to pray in faith, yes, as the Word exhorts us to in James chapter 1, but God is bigger, and when it is His will, He will accomplish it in our lives, no matter the amount of faith, as we see here with this group of believers. They were astonished when they saw Peter, and he testified to them about all that had happened. Verse 18, Then as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers about what had become of Peter. But when Herod had searched for him and not found him, he examined the guards and commanded that they should be put to death, and he went down from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there. Now, remember, Peter was a big catch for Herod. Herod was going to be the big man on the campus in the eyes of the Jews, so he's furious now. In those days when a guard let a prisoner escape, he would receive the penalty that was due the prisoner. In this case, the penalty was death. But from now on, the Bible will only mention Peter one more time, with the exception of the two letters he wrote. And we'll study that when we get there in Acts chapter 15. But let's continue on. Verse 20. Now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon. But they came to him with one accord, and having made Blastus the king's personal aid their friend, they asked for peace because their country was supplied with food by the king's country. So on a set day, Herod, arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an oration to them. So imagine this. Here's Herod. He's pompous. He's full of pride. He's got his best garments on. These people are coming to him. They're praising him because they needed food. And he just sits back and give them, gives them a speech as if they really want to hear him. But you know, as I see Herod in this position here, a couple of Proverbs come to my mind. Proverbs 28:23 says, He who rebukes a man will find more favor afterward than he who flatters with the tongue. In Proverbs 29, 5 says a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. And this was surely a net that was spread at the feet of Herod. Because these people were coming and praising him. And he was sitting back enjoying it. And verse 22 says, and the people kept shouting, the voice of a God and not of a man. So they're repeatedly shouting this, the voice of a God and not of a man. Then immediately it says, an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give God or give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. So in this chapter, we've seen two people struck by an angel with two different outcomes. Peter in verse seven was struck gently by the angel so that he could be woken up and set free. And here Herod was struck by an angel and died because he did not give glory to God. Peter was resting and trusting in God, and God's people were praying for him. Herod was full of pride and trusting in himself, and his people left him there to be eaten by worms. What a contrast between people that follow God and people that follow man. What a contrast between people that have humbly surrendered their lives completely to God and those that get caught up in pride and think that they are of great position. And what was the result of all of this? Look at verse 24. But the word of God grew and multiplied. So nothing stops the word of God from spreading. Nothing then and nothing now. Verse 25 says, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry. They also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Now here we see, this is the Mark, whose house all the believers were gathered in and and praying. So for a little while now, Peter, though, he's going to be out of the picture. And Barnabas and Saul are back in the picture. And they got a new guy with them. Mark is now in the ministry with them as well. But you know, you need to be encouraged. No matter your circumstances. Be they good or bad, if you can make that mortgage payment or you cannot, if that health issue is being healed or it is not, God is on the throne. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And we have victory in Jesus. So turn your eyes upon him. Turn your eyes upon his word. Learn of him. Grow in him. Know his voice. He is alive and well. We serve a risen Savior and a risen Lord. He's with us always. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. May God bless you as you grow in the grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.